All right, hey everybody. Uh, today we start a new sermon series I'm really excited about. It's called Empowered, and we're coming off the resurrection celebrating Easter, um, and it's, uh, it's been a fun celebrating the relevance of the resurrection. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking about the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit, which is uh, pretty exciting for me. And this is going to be a little bit more interactive. So I just want to give you a heads up. When we're dealing with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is God's presence here on earth with us, and we believe that, and we believe that Scripture teaches us very clearly that is God's gift to us, the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to just talk about it, but we're going to give you an opportunity to experience, to pray, to connect with the Spirit. Um, and you might be sitting here like, okay, Holy Spirit, okay, it's great. Some of you are like real Holy Spirit people, and you're like, oh yeah, you're like digging your teeth into it, you're like, all right, come on, let's go, Holy Spirit. Now they're doing it. Holy Spirit, what's... What's, I know I've heard of the Holy Spirit, I've heard of the Holy Ghost, but I don't really know much about Holy Spirit stuff. And so this is, um, I think, going to be a real good opportunity. You know, of the three members of the Trinity, often the Holy Spirit is the most mysterious, isn't he? He's kind of a little bit more ethereal, a little bit hard. You can understand the idea of a father, God as a father, perhaps, uh, at least theoretically. And then Jesus is a guy, he's easiest, I think, to understand because he's God incarnate, God in the flesh. But the Holy Spirit... Mm, I don't know. Not that people understand God to begin with, uh, but it's all, it's all mysterious. So what we want to do is at least dig into the mystery a little bit together during these next few weeks, which I'm, which I'm excited about. So I'm cur- I'd be curious to know. I'd love to. I know some of your backgrounds, but not everyone. But growing up for me, uh, the Holy Spirit wasn't really talked about a lot. I mean, it was mentioned maybe in songs or in little lessons here and there, but I didn't really get much experience with interacting with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't part of my church experience um, and very little day-to-day instruction on how it interacted uh, with, with the Spirit. But when I was in about, I, was, I think I was about 19, 20 years old, I went to my first vineyard church and all that changed. There's, I had some interesting experiences that were kind of outside the box of my experiences with God. And as I came into worship, I sensed something that was different. And then I, get, I got up front all right, I came up front once when this, uh, this young woman named Sue Doran came up. Uh, she's, she's here, by the way. And she, like, revolutionized my, my experience of the Spirit. Like, this woman is a hero of the faith for me. And she got up and she started talking about how the Holy Spirit was leading her to feel like a sense that someone had a pain in the wrist. And she talked about a dream that she had. And I just was like, it, it kind of blew the doors off my mind. I was like, wow, this is a real person, like, talking about these real experiences she's having with God at this level that I read about in the scripture. And it was, it changed my paradigm. And since then, I've been on this kind of quest and journey to learn more about the spirit of God. And it's really what got me involved in the vineyard in the first place, because there was a hunger and thirst I had for more spiritual things that I was able to discover an open, authentic community where I can explore and learn and grow. And so thank you, Sue, for your investment uh, even since then, Sue's been a real impact on my life, and I know many of yours, and helping, you connect, helping us connect with the Spirit and what God's doing in our lives. But, you know, I, I think many people may have had similar backgrounds. So I'm curious. I mean, what is your, I'd be curious to hear more about your church background, but I, I, I'm guessing that many of you have probably not come from a tradition that is saturated in the Spirit of God, where you're having these Holy Spirit experiences on a regular basis kind of basis. Maybe you haven't been to church at all. Maybe church is new for you. And if that's the case, um, I think 
deep in, no matter who you are, deep within our culture and many people that I've spoken to, there's a real hunger for more spiritual things. Not just spiritual things, but real spiritual power. For real encounters, something real. And it's why it's evidenced by so much, there's so much uh, interest in spiritual things these days and people look for it all different places. But um, church might not be the first that most people will remember, but for me, I've encountered some really incredible um, things through the presence and power of the Spirit of God. And I am excited to share uh, this, this series, along with other Teresa, is going to be sharing next week. Um, but we're, this sermon series is basically what I wished someone had given to, not just the series, but the experience that we offer here, just to create space for the Holy Spirit to work. This is something that I wish I had when I was younger. When I was a young kid, I wish someone would teach me these things and to show me the way and give me space in a community of other people who are trying it too. It's not like we have all the answers. Now, let's, I'll just say this from the beginning. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit there's lots of mystery. There's lots of mystery today, but, uh, or even as we talk. But one of the things we know that the Holy Spirit does, which is kind of the main theme for today, is that the Holy Spirit reveals mysteries. And that's one of the primary roles the Holy Spirit has in our lives. So I'm excited for what we're going to talk about, but I'm more excited for giving everyone an opportunity to take those baby steps to understand more and experience more of what God has through the power and presence of his spirit among us. So let's pray. Let's invite the spirit of God to help us listen and hear what he'd really want us uh, to hear today. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We thank you for your presence here. And like a fresh breath, like a, like a warm, gentle breeze, or a cool breeze on a hot day, God, would you blow through the sanctuary, through our hearts and our minds, through, through each of us, through our physical bodies, to bring restoration life. I pray you'd bring revelation and understanding. And Father, it is, it is my heart, our, our heart, and my, my prayer that you would, just as the Apostle Paul prayed, you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know you better. I pray that each of us, including myself, all of us would walk out of here knowing you just a little bit better than when we came in. So we thank you for this time, God, and we dedicate it to you and to your honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so briefly, Holy Spirit. So Holy, the Holy Spirit is mentioned all throughout the scriptures. Okay, so the word ruach, which means breath or wind, is the Hebrew word. And the Holy Spirit was actually, if you read in Genesis from the beginning, the very first person of the Trinity that's ever mentioned in Scripture, where the Spirit of God, if you, if you remember, if you open the book of Genesis right to the beginning, it's the Spirit of God that's hovering over the waters. And then all throughout the Old Testament Scriptures, um, you, see, you see God at work. So the Holy Spirit not only brought the world into existence by the power of God and His will, the Holy Spirit came... He came in particular times and particular places to empower people to do specific things for specific tasks that God had assigned them to do. So does anyone remember the story of Samson? He was that really strong guy. He had supernatural power. Well, the Holy Spirit would come on Samson and he would basically be able to destroy his enemies and it was connected to his long hair. I don't know how that all worked. But he was able to really do some damage because the Holy Spirit empowered him. So that's an example. And there's many examples, not only throughout Judges, but throughout the Old Testament scriptures, the, the Hebrew Bible, uh, that tell us what the Holy Spirit did again and again. And in those scriptures, so particularly in the, the prophetic books, 
the Holy Spirit empowered the prophets to speak about the, the one who was to come, Jesus himself, so the Messiah. And there are prophecies all throughout the Old Testament. And this also blows my mind. As you really study these scriptures, how these very specific things were told about Jesus at a very specific time and place came true. And it was the Spirit of God that breathed life into these prophets. And so it was man speaking, but God inspired. And that's, that's what would happen. So the Holy Spirit would be poured out, it said, not only on his people, but it would be universally poured out. Uh, this talks about in the book of Joel. And we see that happening all throughout the book of Acts. So when we get to the New Testament, we see, particularly in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit moving in incredible power. And the book of Acts, it's been called the book, the Acts of the Apostles, but the book of Acts is essentially a book of the Holy Spirit doing these heroic things through the people of God. You see the Holy Spirit being poured out to do the very things that Jesus did. And not only the apostles, but Jesus himself was dependent on the Holy Spirit. And so it says Jesus, filled with the Spirit, then went and launched into his ministry. So the Holy Spirit, from beginning to end, fills the, the, the scriptures and empowers us to do what God's called us to do. Now, how would we describe the Spirit? So, well, actually, the New Testament, so the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was ruach, this breath wind, but pneuma is the word in, 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 in Greek. In the New Testament, it's often used. That also means breath. And so what the Holy Spirit does is breathe life into us. So as a believer in Jesus, the life of God is breathed into us through the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's how we, we see God working. So how do we describe? Well, according to the biblical narrative, the Holy Spirit is not just like some powerful ghost. Have you heard of the, the Holy Ghost, right? I, in, I think it's the King James Version that uses specifically the, the Holy Ghost. And so that was my first introduction, the Holy Ghost. So I used to think he was some, I used to have this picture of Ghostbusters and that big marshmallow guy kind of walking. I was like, whoa, that was my impression of the Holy Spirit. So I, it was really different. But the, the Holy Spirit is not a big marshmallow man. And he's not an impersonal force. He's actually one of the members of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he has a personality. He has feelings. He can grieve. He can rejoice just like God the Father, just like the Son. And so we can interact with him as a person, not just some ethereal force that is out there to be misunderstood, although it is hard to understand God himself, let's admit that. But we can say more about who the Holy Spirit is. But one of the things, as I said before, that the Holy Spirit does and who he is, is he brings revelation about God himself. So if you actually understand anything about God, it's not because you're a genius. It's not because of your, your intelligence. It's because God, the Holy Spirit, gave you the capacity, the supernatural capacity to understand himself. See, God can only be understood in who he is to whatever degree when he reveals himself to us. And the Holy Spirit enables every believer, even people who aren't believers, to understand the nature of who he is. And that's what the Holy Spirit is in the business of doing. So there are three ways. So I want to talk about just briefly, I want to share three scriptures, uh, three ways the Holy Spirit reveals himself to each and every one of us. Okay, so here's the first one. The Holy Spirit reveals himself to us by the life he births in us. So you might be familiar, uh, I'm going to share this scripture uh, about Nicod his interaction with Nicodemus. He was a religious leader. He come to Jesus at night because he was afraid his other Pharisees, these religious leaders, would, would uh, actually speak out against him or kick him out because he liked Jesus. And he was very curious. He's like, how are you doing all these miraculous things? You can only do that if God is with you. And Jesus says, well, you have to be born again. And so 
it, this is the part of the conversation where Jesus engages Nicodemus, telling him they need to be born again to see the kingdom of God. So let's read it together. John 3, 5 to 8. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. This is the NLT version, in case you weren't. So, so don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. And so there's, there's Jesus using that wind analogy to, to help us understand the kind of the, how the Holy Spirit works. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So what Jesus is saying is here, we come to life spiritually through what the Holy Spirit does on our inside, inside of us. So the first primary reality of how God reveals, it's something that's not seen on the outside, although it can be felt and heard. It's, it's an inner reality. The Holy Spirit works within us first and foremost. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, who experienced tremendous outpourings of the Spirit, and God used him powerfully, he describes the life of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, which you might be familiar with, in Galatians 5, a letter he wrote to a group of Christians trying to understand how the Holy Spirit worked. He said the fruit of the Spirit, maybe you can tell me what are, fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I may have missed one in there, I think. Perseverance, thank you, and faithfulness. Okay, thank you. Good job, guys. You're doing great with that. So those fruits are the primary and first manifestation. Okay, so... It is a, in the point being, in what Jesus is saying is here, there's a, there's a spiritual birth, but that happens on the inside. So the Holy Spirit's work is primarily within his people and within the community. So if you're here today and you have never experienced that kind of life, that there's, there's this, it's, it's really supernatural. It's naturally supernatural. The presence of God can bring you the kind of love that is impossible on a human standard, the kind of joy that goes beyond the circumstances that you experience, peace that can cut through any kind of anxiety. I mean, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't want that? And so Jesus gave an invitation to Nicodemus, and he said, whosoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. One of the most famous verses, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so that through faith in Christ, we can then experience. So if you desire to have more spiritual vitality in your life, it starts. And you might be here, you might be thinking, I've never experienced this, this is all new to me. The invitation starts in a relationship and faith in Christ. So I would encourage you, if that's you, I'd love to talk to you, I'd love to pray with you, but consider Jesus. He is the way to which we can find that fullness of life to which we experience the Spirit of God. So that's where it starts. And ultimately... The Holy Spirit's work is to point to Jesus. That's what, what he does. Peter, how did he know that Jesus was the Messiah? He didn't say, Peter, great job. Remember, you're a really intelligent guy. You figured it out. You saw it. No, he said, my father revealed it, revealed it to you. And how did he do that? Through the presence of the Spirit. Okay, so number two. So number one, the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us by what he births in us. But secondly, the Holy Spirit, what he does is he empowers us so that we can then reveal God, or reveal the Spirit of God or Jesus to other people. So it's an empowering kind of thing. And so this next scene I'm going to show you here, it's in the book of Acts, happens after the resurrection. 
One of the disciples, Philip, hears from an angel. He says, go to this specific place on this specific path. And so he does. And he doesn't ask questions, he just does it. And this is what happens. It's one of the more curious stories of the Bible, which I find very interesting. But it's in Acts 8, verses 30 to 38. Okay, so let's, let's take a look. So Philip, after having heard this, and this was, again, during, this was actually during a time of intense persecution, and the church was being scattered. Uh, so it was a lot of suffering, a lot of confusion. But Philip ran over and heard, heard the man. It was uh, he had heard someone reading uh, from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, he went up to him and said, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture that he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb is silent before his shearer, the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, uh, Philip told him the good news about Jesus as they rode along. They came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's some water. Why, don't, why can't I be baptized? And then he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. So here we see the Holy Spirit doing what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is the revealer and the Holy Spirit is always revealing something. He's, we might not understand it, we might not hear it, we might not always discern it, but the Holy Spirit is at work and we see that happening in this, in this situation. So one, he led and directed Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. He, did, he then empowered Philip to explain the good news to the eunuch in a way that he can understand. And the Holy Spirit then suddenly makes everything clear so that the eunuch can understand who Jesus was. And he ended up getting baptized. So this is a supernatural experience that he has here. And so Jesus is experienced in Jesus is understood because of what the Holy Spirit does. So ultimately, the Holy Spirit's work is to lift up Jesus. So the Holy Spirit doesn't like to really get the center of attention, and that's okay in many regards, because the ultimate, he's ultimately lifting up Jesus as one of the members of the Trinity, because he knows that's the way that people become connected with God. But it is by his presence and power that we make known himself and Jesus as well. All right, so... I would encourage you, as, as Nick had mentioned in the announcements, if, if there's this revelation, maybe there's a little revelation or revolution that's going on in your life right now, a Jesus revolution, you want to understand more, I'd encourage you, come to that baptism class. I'd love to talk to you about how you can start that new life with Jesus. It's just a great way, as Nick mentioned, to start the conversation. We'd love for you to hear more. And in a couple weeks, um, it's March, or maybe it's three weeks from now, March 7th, we're going to have a baptism celebration, and that's going to be really exciting. So I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to do this book of Acts kinds of stuff. If you want to read more, this isn't going to be a book uh, series on the book of Acts, but Acts 8, 9, 10 particularly, you get to see the Holy Spirit working powerfully, full of people being transformed by the resurrection life of Jesus through the Spirit, and I encourage you to read it if you want to, kind of as a background uh, as we go through this series. But the way the Holy Spirit works, and we did a series of this last year, is he works by empowering people with spiritual gifts. So we're, this isn't a series on the spiritual gifts. We all, like I said, we had done that before. However, the point being is that the Holy Spirit empowers people so that Jesus can be revealed to others uh, in, a, in a way that's impossible in our, in our own human strength. Uh, but as we see in this passage, the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does is not only empower people to, to share who Jesus is, 
but he empowers people to receive and to want to know who Jesus is. And so to me, this is a, a very important truth because I, I really often try to, I try really hard sometimes to explain who Jesus is to my friends or to my family. I try to I'll live a life that reflects the values of the kingdom and what Jesus teaches, but it just seems like I can't try any harder <laughs> to, to help other people understand. And I'm constantly reminded that it's not my job to convince anyone of anything or to persuade that's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is simply to listen and to obey. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. The Holy Spirit brings revelation to people's heart. And if we understand that and we participate, we can look, it changes our way to, to reach people because we don't, we're not trying hard to do it. Instead, what we're doing is we're putting our effort towards discerning where is God at work all around me and then how can I do what God is doing? And this is the ministry model that Jesus had. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. How, does it, how, did, how did Jesus see his father at work? He was in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit would direct him to certain people at certain time. Jesus would walk by certain people who were sick and didn't heal them. And in other instances, he healed others. So but there's something to this Holy Spirit ministry. So, um, you know... I, this, I want to share a story. So this past Monday, I was, um, this is the Monday after Easter. So I invite a couple of my friends from a gym. I, I, it's like, hey, come out to Easter service. I'd love for you to come out. Gave them one of those little cards we handed out. Hopefully we have extras if you don't. Um, but, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, what time? Check it out. But they didn't come. And I was like, oh, man, I just feel, I was just feeling a little disappointed. And I kind of moping. I was a little tired too. You know, Easter pastors are usually tired. I was, I was pretty tired myself. Feeling maybe a little bummed out. And they, um, they asked, how was your weekend service? And I was, I was a little disappointed, but I was um, that not more of my friends who I invited didn't come. But I was, also, I was also genuinely excited. It was a very celebratory service last week, and it was full of joy. And I couldn't, I couldn't help it. So I told them it was, it, you know, it was very, very celebratory, I think was the word. And it was kind of the ones where at the beginning of class, you have like five seconds to say your thing. Uh, so I said it, that's, I kept it just at that. And after class, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, maybe I could have said something better. Like, I could have said something more profound or deeper about Jesus. Or, and I, so I got into this mind. I don't know if you've ever been in that mindset, like, you wish you had said something different. I didn't really come up with anything I could have said different, maybe something. But I, I would throw in these Jesus things every once in a while. But anyway, I was praying about it. I was like, Holy Spirit, God, you got to help me out. I'm feeling like, I don't know, I could do better. Or, you know, it's going to get and beat myself up. So Thursday came. And uh, I was late to class. I was just in the middle of my uh, work week and just kind of showed up uh, just like I tried to do. And uh, at, <laughs> they, the, the, the question of the day was something like, what is a really important life lesson that you would like to share with everyone in the class? So it was like the biggest softball question you could ask to like say something profound or say something deep and meaningful. And then the whole class said, Rich, you've got to stand on the end. You have to go at the end. They always make me go at the end because I always say something like off the wall or like it's about like 10 feet deep as opposed to people are saying like, you know, I love that, that new drink, you know, that came out or something. So anyway, they made me go last. I was like, okay. But, then, and I, but I was late, so I was like, there's like three people left. So I had 30 seconds to come up with something deep and profound that everyone was expecting me to say. So then I was like, now I'm freaking out because I have the opportunity and I don't want to mess it up. Like, I've God answered my prayer, like right there. And now I'm like, wait, no, I don't, I, I didn't mean that. I, 
<laughs> so I'm like, I have to say something that's going to change the world. And if I don't, I'm just like, I'm just going to mess it up for eternity for everybody. And so I'm thinking, but and I'm like, okay, just calm down. Holy Spirit, just give me something to say. <laughs> so it came my turn, and one of, the, one of the people, and the Holy Spirit brought two things to mind. And it was like, I wasn't like preaching, I could have like started preaching sermons, and I didn't feel like that was the appropriate time, particularly because I had about 20 seconds to say what I had to say. But it was more than five seconds. So at one point, um, so I, the Lord brought two things to mind that connected with what two people said. Uh, the first was they talked about their kids and some of the and some interesting thing about kids, and so there were some parents there, and the Lord reminded me of some a life lesson that, that I had been learning. This was like deep for me at that point. And the first thing I said, listen, with your kids, they're they're all different, but the kid that's often like you most is easiest to love. There's there's kids that in an emotional whatever sense they're easiest to love, but the kid that is least like you, that you don't understand. They teach you how to love. And that was like deep in my heart at that moment. And I, you could see it like they're like really resonating with that, especially one person who had shared about some things that were going on with their kids. But then I said, but that's not it. I have something else. And I noticed the rope. This, the, you do rope climbs. You don't they use ropes for what you're supposed to, like practical things. You just climb up and down. them. It supposedly makes you more in shape when you do that. But I saw this rope. And there's this little tape at the end, and it goes all the way up. And I'm like, listen, a lot of people look at their lives, and they, they say, you know, they try to live their lives for the here and now and for just what they can get out of this life. But very few people consider the implications that we're going to live for eternity. And this little tape that you see right here on this rope represents the short amount of time that we have on earth, when in fact, we're going to be living, and you could just follow, you can see the rope going up all 20 feet to the ceiling. We're going to be living for a lot longer than that. So live in light of eternity. You know, my one buddy, he's, he's just, they're like, oh, well, I, I wonder if the 430 is going to get this kind of uh, experience. <laughs> and yeah, 430, you know, maybe they're a little less. Anyway, but, uh, but my buddy just turned to me. He's like, yeah, man, gave me a little dap. It's like, that, that hit the mark. So again, I'm like, is that... Was it good enough that I, you know, did I have to preach the entire biblical meta-narrative? No, I, I just, I felt like what God was saying to me in the moment is you just have to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And he'll empower you to do whatever it is that's right for the moment. You just have to depend on him. It's not your brilliance. It's not your, again, it's not your capacity to conjure up something that's, that's just going to be right for the moment. But the Holy Spirit knows things that you don't know and so we need to be sensitive and sensitized to ourselves to the Holy Spirit who is revealing and constantly revealing to us. And we often try to take control of the situation when in fact the Holy Spirit wants to control. And so that's part of how we participate with the Holy Spirit is learning how to release control of our lives and our circumstances to him. And so the last and final thing that the Holy Spirit does is this, is that the Holy Spirit brings clarity where there is confusion. The Holy Spirit brings clarity where there's confusion. He knows exactly what we need to hear at the exact time and what others need to hear, no matter the situation, whether it's an opportunity to share your faith or whether you're confused about your own faith and you're kind of spiraling downhill uh, or your life direction. You might, right now you might be in a place in your job, your life, where you're like, I don't, I kind of don't know where I'm supposed to go at this point. Well, the Holy Spirit can offer you and help walk you through that time of confusion and bring revelation. You know, 
I think the last couple years particularly has been hard for everyone. Has anyone had any struggles the past couple of years? Is that anything difficult, anything confusing? Other hand, uh, any confusion happening? Okay, I'm not alone in that. We have you now. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy now. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kui. Yes, we are. So God brings that joy and that happiness into a place that's full of depression and darkness. That is absolutely right. You know, I feel like, even during those dark times, it's like, it, I look around, it's like, is this world, can this world be redeemed? I, you know, we've been trying, I've been trying, we see lots of efforts happening, but things seem to get darker. Things that we read on the news, that we experience in our relationships have just been very, very difficult. And so I'm, I'm, I find myself constantly asking, and particularly during COVID, I mean, the, the prayer that I think I pray the most in terms of my direct, is God, could you please give me wisdom? Would you lead me? Well, the Holy Spirit is God's presence with us who will give us clarity in a moment, in moment basis. And Jesus told his disciples at one point, like, don't worry what you're going to say when you're in front of the, you know, the leaders because the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to, to say. But that wasn't just for that instant. That's a lifestyle. That's the life that we're invited, the, the post-resurrection life. The relevance of the resurrection is that we can live full of God's spirit and, and with Jesus in an even better way because he lives in us and not just outside of us. And so right now, the presence of Jesus is in us and so we can experience God on a whole new level that the pre-resurrection disciples never did. And that, in fact, they walked us out in ways... And so Jesus, I want to share this last scripture here. He's speaking to a group of confused disciples. It's, it's the Last Supper. Holy Spirit's kind of bringing, just part of the, the conversation. And so they're, they're really confused about what Jesus is doing, about his departure, his arrival. He's talking about this Holy Spirit. They're kind of getting, God not, but they're, I mean, they're not in a good place. But this is what he says in John 14, verses 26 and 27. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So that's good Trinitarian theology right there. So the Holy Spirit, the Father sends and does it in the name of Jesus, okay, in the authority and the power and the person of Jesus. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He reminds us of what Jesus said. And then verse 27. Peace I leave with you. You know, I'm going to read this. I want you to just second, listen to these words as if Jesus were saying them to you right now because this is a fruit of the Spirit. It's actually something Jesus would say, okay? So just imagine, just do, let's do an imaginatory exercise. Just receive as if Jesus is standing in front of you and gives you his blessing in, in whatever circumstances you find yourself to, to today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We receive that, Lord. And so our job is to release our fear, release control, release how, having to know what the outcomes are going to be so that he can come and reveal himself to us in our confusion. Have you ever considered that perhaps God allows you to get into confusing situations on purpose so that he can teach you how to depend more on him. God tests us. 
This is a very biblical principle. He will test, put us through tests. And the reason he does that is because he wants to bring maturation and growth not only within us, but in our relationship with him. And we can learn deeper dependence on him, particularly in confusing circumstances. All right, so we're going we're gonna to practice this. I want to give a little summary, and then I want to give us some space for the Holy Spirit to do some speaking to each and every one of us, okay? So what does the Holy Spirit do? So three kind of big categories. He brings about maturity, Christ-like maturity. He, secondly, he empowers us, capability for mission, and then he gives us clarity or clarity of mindset because he is the revealer, and so he is, he is really revealing. So what I want to do is invite the Holy Spirit to give us each what we need, whatever that he wants, that's specifically and uniquely tailored to where you are right now, in this moment, okay? So what I want you to do is just take some time to posture yourself in a listening kind of uh, position, whatever helps you relax or do that. You might want to just lean back in your seat or you can close your eyes, you can open your eyes, whatever helps you listen best. Um, and let's, let's do an exercise to ask God to reveal something to us now that he, that he wants to do that you don't, maybe you haven't seen before. But that's what Jesus, that's what the Holy Spirit does in Jesus' name is that he brings revelation. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to um, ask you just to make a mental note of what the Holy Spirit says. And then, then we can, uh, I wanna, I'd like us to, if you feel good about it, share it with someone so we can kind of pray about it. So let's, let's, let's pray. I'm going to leave a little bit more space than maybe where you are used to or we're used to, uh, but that's so that we can um, discern. Uh, God will work, we just need to give him the space to do it. So let's do this. Holy Spirit, come. And when we pray that, it's, it's an invitation for more. He is here, but it's your kingdom come kind of prayer. Holy Spirit, come. And I ask for, as we asked at the beginning, for greater revelation. I ask you would speak powerfully, palpably, specifically into each of our lives, perhaps to empower us to do something, to bring new life or clarity to confusion. We, we ask that you would bring new clarity in, in this moment. So let's, let's, let's wait. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, what I'd like to do is I, I felt like I got to give me a, a prophetic message for, uh, for now, for, for group, tired, not just individual, but for the group that I want to pray over us. And then um, I want to give you a chance to pray with each other to share something. But let me just do that now. So um, if you could just raise, if you want to receive, like raise your hands just to receive. I feel like the Lord wants to give, give you something, even if this might not resonate 100%. I feel like there's something God wants to do in this. So Anyway, as I sense, what I sense the Lord is just, I saw the creation scene. He showed me the creation scene and the, uh, it says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And in Hebrew, the waters were, it was watery chaos. It was disorder. And Jesus came, or the spirit of God came and the power of Jesus by the, the word of the father and spoke life. And I saw the spirit of confusion hovering over many people. 
oh, the online says this, and my friends, and I, but what do I do? So I just want to pray that the spirit, if that's affecting you, there's been some confusion, I want to pray for you for right now, and then we'll, we'll break up. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would hover, just as you did at creation, you would hover over the minds of, of everyone seated here today. And in Jesus' name, you would break the spirit of confusion now. Spirit of confusion, go, be gone, and, and place blow through the spirit of wisdom and revelation with life and clarity. I pray for clarity. And anything the enemy is doing, we say no now in Jesus' name to confuse and to conflict. And now just speak it away, blow it away now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you for the clarity that you're bringing. All right, what I'd like to do, if you feel comfortable with this, is, of course, as you feel led to participate, but with someone, you, maybe someone you came with, someone you're seated next to, uh, you could do a group of two, maybe just one person to make it, make it a lot easier. But I would like to encourage you, just take a moment. This is just going to take two minutes right here. So two-minute exercise. Share something that you feel like God is revealing to you. And then once you share that, the other, the other part, if you're, you're listening, just pray a blessing over them. That God, God would do that very thing that God is, God is kind of giving you, that gift. Um, if you want to, you can just wait. If you, if you don't know you're hearing anything, maybe the other person, if you, you could pray and listen on their behalf. So what I want to do is I want to give you, I want to invite up Grant. Grant, why don't you come on up? He's going to play a little bit. We're going to give you a little space, just a couple minutes to pray and bless and to give you an opportunity, if you like, with someone close by, maybe one or two people, what God is revealing to you now. So you can do business with Jesus and let him respond. So what we're trying to do is practice responsiveness to what God is doing right here in the moment. Okay, so I want to release you. So gather with someone. If you, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's okay. You can just listen and rest in the in, uh, as Grant is going to be playing and we're going to sing a song but I'm going to release you to, to do this stuff, okay? So I encourage you, take a risk take a risk